We have another creature that exceeds great and mighty strength. Even though it looks small, shows great and mighty strength. And this creature is hated by many people. It's known as a cockroach. Hated by so many people. But scientists say, even if there was a nuclear war, cockroaches would survive. They are strange, stubborn, and great warriors. Because they can even go days without food as well. But I wonder how they fail to find food when they are always in the kitchen. But that's how they are made up. They exert great and mighty strength. Scientists also say a cockroach can stay weeks without its head. And when I look at that, I am amazed. I am amazed. But yeah, we've looked at the camel, we've looked at the cockroach. But I believe there is also a different kind of species that exerts mighty strength. And this species is known as the human being. This human being can bring forth and even show great and mighty strength. When you look at the makeup, the design of a man, you can see that his body makeup is an expression of strength. When you see the woman, there is something that she carries within her that exerts a lot of strength beyond most of the muscles in the body, and that's called the womb. When you see different people, but mostly on the lady's side, there's another way they exert strength. Scientists actually believed, or rather actually believed, that one of the strongest things that a human being has is a tongue. Sometimes it's described as a muscle, I don't know why. But it is described as one of the strongest things. Now the reason it's described as one of the most strongest things is because it doesn't get tired. Unlike any other muscle, Mr. Pumwenda would agree with us that building the biceps and triceps is a tiring thing. No wonder he's not been to the gym for a while. <laughs> but then there's another muscle that we have known as the tongue, which does not necessarily get tired. That's why it is possible for a person to speak the whole day, gossiping, hey, that, that. Why? Because the tongue doesn't get tired. Even in their dream, they are speaking. But from what I'm explaining to you right now, I want you to see something. I want you to see that 
in as much as different species exert different kinds of strength, I want you to understand that strength is in different areas. I want you to understand that strength is in different areas. It may not necessarily be limited to physical strength. There's an aspect of strength that demands endurance. There's an aspect of strength that demands firmness. It's not only limited to physical strength. And throughout the Bible, the Bible shows us different examples of how men and women would really be strong. The Bible shows us of a man by the name of Samson who was greatly strong. The kind of strength that Samson had is very interesting. I don't know what you would describe it as. Whether you would call it physical strength or I would best call it the strength from God, not necessarily his physical strength. There's a man by the name of David, very interesting. A young boy who is able to kill a lion, a young boy who is able to kill a bear, showing great strength. There's also a great man by the name of Jesus who showed great and mighty strength. I actually believe Jesus showed and functioned in all kinds of strength. Because number one, when we talk about physical strength, he was not lazy. And he showed us different kinds of strength hanging on the cross was an expression of strength. Because the Bible says even before he hanged on the cross, the cup was too heavy for him that he says, Father, please take away this cup. But he says, but let your will be done. To subject your personal will to the will of God, you need strength. And Jesus did that. While he was on the cross, the Bible shows us how people mocked him. But guess what? He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. This shows that giving out forgiveness is also a dimension of strength. We need strength to forgive. Hallelujah. And so today, I want us to touch this area of strength and really come back to ourselves and think, am I strong? I want us to analyze our lives and get to think, is there an area in my life that requires strength? Is there an area in my life that requires me to be built? Is there an area in my life that I am perhaps weak and I really need to walk in strength? Ask your neighbor, are you strong? Mm. 
So with regards to strength, as I've already explained, strength is dynamic. Strength is very dynamic. And I also want to just show you something that you can understand concerning strength. Perhaps I can ask for Mr. Nitichi to come. And uh, who else can I call? Uh, Helen, come. Helen, come. Alright. So I want to show you different things that you can get to understand concerning strength. Okay, so this is Helen and this is the teaching. Okay. Now, they are both human beings. And they both have levels of strength. Alright. Now I want to show you something. I've already said strength is dynamic. But I want to show you something concerning strength as well. Today, if I were to use this mic to hit Helen and Itichi. Let's say if I say Helen, do your muscle like this. I'm not going to hit you. I'm not going to hit you. Just do your muscle like this. Just wonderful. Yeah. If I was going to hit Helen on her muscle with this mic, and if I was going to ask Nitichi, don't do your muscle, don't do your muscle. <laughs> if I was going to hit him, I can use the same strength to hit her and to hit him. But notice something, they will respond differently. Why will they respond differently? Because of the strength they've developed. The strength she has might even take her to the hospital if I hit her with the mic. But the strength he has, he will feel it, but he will ignore it. This is to show you something about strength that you really need to catch. In as much as strength is dynamic, there's a certain place of strength that you need to understand. And this is known as strength getting to develop. There is developing in strength. The way if someone was going to insult Dikon Wamana, perhaps he's going to cry or be depressed. But if the same insult was going to be taught to Dikon Samuel, would not mind about it. Now, it's not necessarily that the insult is lethal. It has to do with their levels of strength. So how you respond to situations exposes your level of strength. Please, think. How you respond to situations exposes your level of strength. The biggest question you get to ask is, are you strong? I got to understand something. I remember someone was complaining to me one day that they were shouting at her. They were telling her all sorts of names and she was disturbed. And so, I did not see it from 
a better angle. And so I said, but why are you allowing such a thing to really get you affected? Do you know what I've been caught? I began now to tell her. Do you know what I've been caught? Because I've been called all sorts of names in my Christian home. I said, they once called me a Sangoma. They once called me a false prophet. They once called me a satanist. Am I dead? And then she was like, ah, no, but... So I realized something. I realized that her level of strength was different from mine. And that's why we responded differently. And so sometimes in life, I really want to show you that it's not really about avoiding battles, but really about increasing in strength. Because battles are going to be there. They are always going to be there. Now with your current level of strength in life right now, can you say your strength is sufficient? Can you say you've got enough strength to handle different things? Remember, as I explained on the camel, as I explained on the cockroach, and even as I explained on the human being, I was talking about the natural strengths that we have. But I want to show you that there is a great, a great demand for us to walk in a different realm of strength that is different from actually what we actually have, and even to increase in strength. And this is because there are certain things that happen in life that are sponsored by natural occurrences and there are certain things that happen in life that are sponsored by supernatural occurrences. So imagine if a natural thing happens. Perhaps you're going to be saved by your natural strength. But what about a supernatural thing? If a supernatural thing happens, is your natural strength sufficient? Hallelujah. And especially in the last days, that's why the Bible tells us so many things will happen. But then it requires a person with natural strength to handle things differently. It requires a person with natural strength to And that's what we're going to look at today. Hallelujah. Ask your neighbor again, are you strong? Now, of course when we talk about natural strength, natural strength has its limitations. Of course when we talk about a camel not having food and water, it has its limitations. Because the more a camel does not have food, its hump begins to reduce. Any of you didn't know? Its hump begins to reduce. And by the time it disappears, know that this camel is not okay. Of course, a cockroach can have its elements of strength. But a time can come where it will be too hungry 
this is to show you that strength that is exerted in the natural is limited but there is a strength that we can walk into that is outside the realm of limitation and the bible reveals it in philippians chapter number 4 and verse 13 believe many of you know the scripture the bible says i can do all things through christ who strengthens me have you seen the word i can do all things when it says i can do all things in short the bible is showing us that we are exempt from the realm of limitation as long as christ sponsors strength God says, I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Meaning there is a kind of strength that sponsors limitless potentials. There is a kind of strength that enables you to do anything. There is a kind of strength that whether natural or supernatural circumstances may come towards or against somebody as long as you've got a sponsorship from the strength of God you can do all things hallelujah and so we want to understand how do we walk in this sponsorship of God that will enable us to do all things do you know what it means when we say we can do all things your natural circumstance tells you that you are unable to run from here to there because you will faint. When you are sponsored by this strength, you will run from here to there. This actually means if your natural circumstance tells you if anyone today was going to insult you and you were going to cry, this means once you are sponsored by this strength, today if someone insults you, you will not cry, you will bless them. That's what it means when it says, I can do all things. It means every weakness and imperfection in our life is put aside. And there's an empowerment for us to do things. Now the biggest question I get to ask you now today is, what have you said in your life? What are you saying in your life? When certain things come before you, is there a certain utterance that you've made by the name of, I can't manage? Is there something that you are saying in your life, declaring that it's not possible, I can't manage to do this? Now for you to say such a word, it means you've not yet enrolled to the strength of God. And that's why today we need to learn how to in road to God's strength and be sponsored by Him. Hallelujah. Amen. Say amen. amen. Psalm 73 and verse 26. 
psalmist is now making a distinction between the strength of God and the strength of man. Look at this. He says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Look at this. He's revealing two kinds of strength here. The first part, he is revealing the strength of man. And what is he saying concerning the strength of man? He is saying, in the strength of man, my flesh and my heart will fail. Meaning the strength of man can only take you to a certain place. But then, he talks about the strength of God and he says, but God is the strength of my heart. You just said your heart was going to fail. You just showed us that as a man, your strength is limited. How is it that now you are talking about a different kind of strength that strengthens your heart and becomes your portion forever? So David is making a distinction between the strength of God and the strength of man. And he's showing us that the strength of man is limited. The strength of man will fail. So it doesn't matter how built you are, perhaps physically. It doesn't matter how experienced you are with certain circumstances. It really doesn't matter how much you have experienced adverse things. And you say, no, I should pass through so many things. It doesn't matter. But the Bible says, the strength of man will always fail. But that which is of God, ah, you won't fail. And so we really need to know what this strength of God is about so that we can actually work with it. This is to show you, even though we may be limited in strength as man, God never left us stranded. There is a way that he wanted us to tap into his strength. And this is what I want to show you today. Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse 10. Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse 10. The Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Now just stop there. Now, God is actually showing us how to capture and walk into his strength. How is he showing us to do so? He's saying, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Have you observed he did not say, be strong on your own? He's showing you how to be strong. He's saying, be strong in the Lord. And then he says, and in the power of his might. In short, he's trying to show you if you want to be strong in life, you can never be strong in life unless you're strong in the Lord. Next verse. Then afterwards, after he tells you to be strong in the Lord, look at what he tells you to do. He says, then put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wars of the enemies. Next verse. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness, of this age, against spiritual wars of wickedness in the heavenly places. Just wait there. Look, look at what it's telling you that you need to fight. You need to 
fight, you know, you don't fight flesh and blood, you're fighting principalities, you're fighting powers, you're fighting rulers of darkness, and you're fighting spiritual hosts. You need strength for that. That's why he did not tell you faces to wrestle. He said, be strong in the Lord. Because if you don't know how to be strong in the Lord and just say, uh, let me go and fight, you are going to fight one battle, second battle, the third one, you are going to say, why me? Why am I always facing things? That's right. That means your natural strength has been exhausted. So for even you to wrestle, look at the word wrestle. That's wrestling. I'm sure you've watched wrestling. You need energy to fight in wrestling. There are some who wrestle for hours, minutes, or whatsoever, but you need energy, you need strength for it. And so, before you fight, God wants you to have strength. Then look at the next verse, verse 13. Then it says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. Means there is going to be an evil day. There is always an evil day. For one way or another, there is going to be an evil day. But then it says, And having done all to stand. And having done all to stand. What does that mean? It means, first of all, get strength. Afterwards, fight. After you fought, it says stand. What does the word stand mean? It means be firm. Hallelujah. Now, for you to fight and for you to stand firm, what do you need? Strength. Minus strength, you cannot stand. Minus strength, you cannot fight. And so we have so many believers that are trying to fight minus the strength of God. And so they get to fight. Sometimes by the time they have fought, they are also tired and they can't stand. But the Bible says, after having done all, stand. What do you need in strength? I'm really giving this word to you to allow you to check within yourself. Am I strong? I'm really giving this word to you to allow you to check certain things and certain areas of your life. Are you really strong? Now, here's how you get to expose whether you are strong or not. Proverbs chapter number 24 and verse 10. how you expose your strength. Look at that. It says if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is what? Small. Do you have any of the good news? Bible. It's there. There's no good news Bible. Anyway. Now listen to what the good news Bible says. The good news version says if you are weak in crisis, you are weak indeed. <laughs> if you are weak, there it is. If you are weak in crisis, 
you are weak indeed. So what actually gets to show you whether you have strength or not is how you handle crisis. How do you handle crisis? How do you handle when you receive bad news? How do you handle things when they tell you, no, you're not going to get a job? How do you handle things when they tell you in school, no, you're not going to write this examination? How do you do things? The Bible shows us that crisis exposes our strength. Tough times, the fire exposes our strength. And I really, 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 really want to ask from you. I really, really want you to find out, do you really have strength? Are you really strong? Because it is important for you to be strong. Why do you need to be strong? Remember, we said without strength you cannot labor, you cannot wrestle. And then without strength, you cannot stand, you cannot be firm. And in the last days, we certainly need this strength. We need this strength to be exerted in every area of our lives, in our education. There are people sometimes because school is so, so hard, they've written exams after exams and they are not getting the desired results. They are exposed to a place where they either get to say, let me press on or let me just do something else. But what influenced your decision? Was it strength or you were merely showing your weakness? in your family your uncles, your aunties are busy talking about you they are busy saying negative words about you you know you are very innocent you know that you are not the way they are describing you but they keep talking about you how do you respond to that your response really shows whether you are weak or strong. Now let me show you something. If you've been believing for something, whether in the scriptures, believing for a healing, and you ever get to a place where you say, I tried, but it didn't work. I believed, but nothing is happening. No! that any time you make such an utterance, you were weak. Because every time you labor into something, you are not necessarily trying, you are working it out. And when you are working it out, it has to work out. Definitely. So if you are believing for healing, say, ah, I put a prayer, I fasted, I gave, nothing is happening. The fact that you have made that utterance, you were weak. That possession is not for the weak. It's not for the weak. It's for the strong. 
That's for the strong. That's why before Joshua told, like God told Joshua to possess a promised land, He told him, be strong and be courageous. Possession is not for the weak. You want that doctrine? You need to possess it. Be strong. You need to keep quit complaining about adverse situations around you. Remember, I said situations expose your strength. Sometimes things may not go the way we want them to be. They bring for your online journey. Don't be so concerned about the process. Look towards the goal. If they bring a process that is different, work around it. Don't be weak. Don't say, ah, but no, me, I'm not used to these things for using the phone. Catch up. Tap into a level of strength that you are able to actually handle a certain thing. Most of you don't know that all my, all my, all my accountancy papers were down, done online. I didn't write paper-based exams. It was only the Zika papers that I wrote paper-based. All of them were online. When I press exit, I get my results. That's how it was. You know, before you go home, before Christmas, not that when you write it in December, then your results come after Christmas or New Year. No. Before Christmas, you go home with your paper, your results. How was it? Sure then. Because they know it was a computer-based exam. But sometimes, where you get your examination, result and you see unsuccessful attempts already that's a situation that's brought before you what do you do i would see others say i'm coming back to write tomorrow supper yet i would see others and say even i'm being late i'm accountant <laughs> you see it's exposing their strength and i want to tell you this in life Remember, there's going to be crisis. There's going to be certain things that we'll go through. But how you respond to it will really show whether you have strength or not. Give me the KJV and put it in verse 5, the same chapter. I'll show you two ways now how to tap into the strength of the Lord. Because the Bible says, be strong in the Lord. We need to know how to be strong in the Lord. Because the Bible has shown us the strength of the Lord. With the strength of the Lord, we've got limitless possibilities. Now, this is one of the ways to be strong in the Lord. The Bible says a wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases in strength. A wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases in strength. So, one of the ways you need to increase in strength or you need to be strong in the Lord is by acquiring knowledge. Remember I said possession is not for the weak. And that's why in the book of Corinthians the Bible says Satan has blinded the minds of the unbelieving that they may not know the gospel of Christ. So he is blinding them from a knowledge. So if you can blind someone from a knowledge you are blinding them from strength. And if you are blinding them from strength, you are blinding them from possessions. 
That's why Daniel is able to say, they that know the Lord shall be what? Strong. But he doesn't say they will only be strong. He says they will do exploits. Exploits are not for the weak. Yes, Pastor. <laughs> They're not for the weak. Exploits are not for the weak. And so, one of the ways to increase in strength is to increase in knowledge. Increase in knowledge. Knowledge is a vehicle. Remember the Bible says, the just by knowledge, the just shall be delivered from to a certain place. Meaning, knowledge is a vehicle. It takes you to a certain place. So, every time your circumstance exposes you and shows that you are weak, the first thing you need to say is not, why are things hard? No, no, no. The first thing you need to say is, what knowledge am I missing? What knowledge am I missing? Yes, Pastor. You've been praying for yourself to be healed. You've been praying for yourself to be free. You've seen it in the Bible how certain people would pray and see certain results. But for you, it seems like when you're praying, you're not seeing that result. Your biggest question should not be, what have I done wrong? Maybe I am cursed. Maybe God just wants me to suffer. No, no, no. Ask yourself, what knowledge is missing in my life? And that's how I encountered my healing. Because I asked myself a very extraordinary question. When I was sick, the first thing I told the Lord is, Lord, why me? Why me? Because I was the only one who was showing symptoms of asthma in the family. I'm the only one who was complaining. I'm the only one who was wheezing. I'm the only one who was fainting. All my friends used to go to BE. I was exempt from BE. Sometimes I never used to go to school because of how sick I was. And so the first question I asked is, Lord, why me? I knew that the Lord is there. But I asked, why me? But then if we ask, why me? Do we, an ex do we expect an answer like, then who? Do we want our situation to be on someone else when we ask why me? I notice, okay, if I ask why me, nothing is going to change. And surely nothing was going to change. Nothing changed. Years and years, even after asking why me, nothing changed. I would go to the doctor. I knew exactly what I needed. I knew the medication that I would take. I knew I needed to have an inhaler. I knew I needed to take a drug by the name of Subutal. I knew I needed to do this, 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 and this. And I said, wait, I have knowledge concerning my situation on the doctor's perspective. And then I asked myself, Lord, what do you have to say about this? I, that's how I asked myself the question. That, that, that was the time change started happening in my life. I said, Lord, what do you have to say about this? Ha! <sighs> and guess what? I got my Bible. And I began to search the scriptures. And I began to find beautiful things in the Bible. I started having knowledge of God's truth about me. And I saw from the scriptures that Jesus was actually beaten, wounded, beaten for my sake. And by his stripes, I was healed. So I said, ah, so me accepting Jesus also had a package of healing in it. I said, wow, thank you, Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm trapped. 
I'm humbled. Honestly, I did not know. I did not know, but I used to go to church. I saw it from the scriptures as Peter is writing. He says, Beloved, I desire that you may prosper in all things and be in good health. I said, ah. Because you know, I'm a person who loves analyzing things. How does a man say that I need to be in good health? Then I'm going to discover there's a difference between healing and living healthy. Healing is being restored to your normal condition. But living healthy is walking above sickness. So God said, he did not say my desire for you is to be healed. He says my desire for you is to be healthy. I said, then why am I sick? There's, there's something that needs to change. So I knew from the scriptures that God wanted me to be healthy, not to be healed. <laughs> I said, Lord, thank you. Thank you that you did it 2,000 years ago. Yeah. And that's how you heard me say most of the times. I stood up and I said, sickness, today you lose my address. You are gone forever. I spoke from the knowledge. And that knowledge is what shifted me. Then I went to other certain, certain things in my life. I remember when I, 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 I was growing in my Christian faith, but because of what I was exposed to, especially when I was young, there was a lot of corruption that took place, especially in my mind. Anyone that I would look at, bah, insult from nowhere. Insulted from nowhere. Another person comes insulted. In fact, even when I was young, I started training myself. I actually even started training myself. Maybe I should start doing some martial arts. If one hour when I charge you before what? I'm training myself. And who would lie in the name of self-defense? Who's going to come and come and beat you when you stay in your house? Or someone knock and say, Papa, Papa, I come to fight with Gomez. No. And then you say, self-defense. Edward, punch wars, punch wars, go to different things, would, would save money to buy a golf club for hitting someone. Honestly, have you seen that golf club, how helpful it is? And I thought about it. I said, Edward, I'll buy it, but when they are fighting, I'll not be there. I was, at least I was wise. Because I knew if that thing was going to hit me, it's going to be bad. So there was a certain place where I was so corrupt. But then I wanted to learn. I said, I wanted, I wanted to live right. I said, Lord, how do I do this? I discovered there was a knowledge that I needed. At first I thought to myself, ah, maybe, you know, these things, slow, slow. I'm a work in progress. I'm still looking for that scripture, but anyway, I'm a work in progress. I'm slow, slow. You get my point. Huh? You have to understand when when Jesus worked on your life, it's not like a construction site where there are too many pending things. In an overnight, in fact, in a moment, he turned you from a slave to a king. To a priest. In a moment, he turned you to sin, to righteousness. In a moment, then I discovered, ah, okay, there's a certain way God works. 
Okay. I realized when I am needing a transformation in my life, I should not really think it's me who's sponsoring change, but actually God. So when I realized it's God that transforms, that transforms, that's how change came to me. How did it come? Through knowledge. Some of you, the things that you're facing in life, there's a knowledge that you need. There's a certain rhema from the Lord that you need to understand. Quit complaining and quit saying, quit teaching people and telling them, no, there are just certain sicknesses that God will not heal. No. If it's not in the scriptures, put it away. If there are certain thoughts which don't match up to his word, put them away. What do you need to do? Feed on the word. I now realize why in Ephesians or in Colossians, the Bible says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Richly. Showing you that that's where you'll find strength. So you see, you can't be a strong Christian minus a word. You always have to go back to the You always. We can't. We just can't reign and live a good Christian life minus the word. Because we are denying ourselves doses, doses of strength. And that's why there's a lovely author who describes the word as stand up vitamin Christ. Because God is the only true light. 
and every time light encounters darkness, it is dispelled. So, the next thing you need to do to really walk in the strength of God, you have to know your God. First of all, how, do you, how much do you know your God? How much do you know the God of the Bible? How much do you know this God that you say he is Jehovah, he is Elohim? How much do you know about him? I want to show us something from Isaiah number 40 and verse 26. Isaiah is explaining to the people something that would perhaps give them strength because they were worried about captivity. Look at what he says. He says, lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. Who brings out the host by number. He calls them by name, by greatness of his might and strength of his power and not one is missing. Give it to us in the amplified. I'd like to see how it's it says lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things he who brings out their host by number and calls them by name through the greatness of his might and because he is what strong in power not one of them is missing or lacks anything look at this Isaiah is talking about the hosts of heaven. He's talking about the stars. He's talking about the moon. He's talking about the sun. And he's showing you, he says, look up. Who do you think made the stars? He says, look up. Who do you think made the sun? He says, look up. Who do you think made the moon? He says, the one who made them has great might and he is strong in power. He is so strong and he is so mighty that none of them is missing. He is so mighty, he is so strong that none of them is lacking. And that's why you never see the sun go up. You never see the sun say, ah, the day, it's really, I need to rest. I need off days. I need Mother's Day. No, you never. And then it says concerning the stars, he calls them by name. Meaning, if there was a star by the name of James and John, the Bible says none of them is lacking and none of them is missing. When you say good morning, Holy Spirit, and you say thank you for this day, as you are saying thank you for this day, James is there. John is there. Nothing missing, nothing lacking. And he says the one who sponsors this great consistency is a, a God who is strong. So for you to know God and for you to encounter something from Him called strength, you have to know that God is strong. You need to know that God is strong. How strong is He? I knew I was a believer. I knew I loved the Lord. But there were certain things that I was really exposed to which really made me look at God a different way. Remember the first point we're just from saying, we're from saying through knowledge that just shall be delivered. We said we need to increase in knowledge to 
get to know strength. Meaning, uh, I think you get to increase in strength. Meaning, it's not just about increasing in knowledge. It's, 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 it's about getting the right knowledge. It's about getting the right knowledge. This means wrong knowledge can weaken your strength. If the right knowledge can increase your strength, then wrong knowledge can weaken your strength. So I was exposed to a knowledge. Somebody taught me in Sunday school. And they taught me that devil is very powerful. I was learning in Sunday school, very, very innocent. He taught me the devil is so powerful that if he appears here, his glory will wipe away everyone. I said, hey. I was really taught that, I'm telling you. When he appears, just here, he will wipe each and every one of us with his glory. And I made a prayer that day. Do you know what my prayer? My prayer point changed from God bless my family to God, may I never meet the devil. That was my prayer point. I never ever wanted to meet the devil because I was wrongly taught that if I meet the devil, I will be wiped out. And so even though I was a Christian, trust me, I felt the devil was more stronger than God. Many people who have actually been in such places. What taught you that Nigerian movies? Because even when the pastor is praying, the way he's beaten by witches. Ish. He uses his Bible which way? The witch uses their stick. Pastor Oko. Shit Kunambi. What? There's a movie I once watched called, I don't know, it's Light and Darkness. All the pastors in the village died except one. And that same pastor who won the last fight, even though he won the last fight. <laughs> even though he watched it, he, he won the last fight, the way he looked, his trousers were scattered, his Bible, Genesis was that side, the book of Mark, Oko, like he was in a serious mess. Imagine a man is bleeding, then you end the movie and say to God be the glory. <laughs> ah. I said that I even made this the decision, I said, you know, I'm not going to be a pastor. This is what they go through. I had no security in God's protection. I, 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 I was insecure. I was so insecure. And guess what? That's what exposed me to the trickery of the enemy. Because I felt God was so powerful, even when dreams would come, I would just say, ah, it is well, what can I do? But I'm here, it is well. <laughs> Today you're flying, tomorrow you're a chest, tomorrow a dog bites you, ah, what can I do? The wrong knowledge. And that's why to walk in strength, you need to know your God. And Isaiah is really telling the people, that I want you to know something before. I want you to know something. Do you know? Look up. He says, look up. Do you know the one who made the stars? Do you know the one who made the moon? Do you know the one who made the sun? He is mighty in strength. He is so mighty that he named these stars by name. Billions of them. God has names for them. I never forget them. 
God can never forget a star. What more? His son. Of course, as we are human beings, there are times where you meet so many people. Someone says, Ah, sir, how are you? It's me, James. And they're like, A long time, but you never, you don't even remember it. Long time. Even your old schoolmates, some of you, they text you. Hi, do you remember me? I'm Rebecca. Hey, we're in the same class, we sat on the same desk. You say, Ah, oh, Rebecca. Mm. Okay, which school is that? But now, the Lord, the scriptures is showing us something about the Lord. I really want us to see this beauty. The Bible says He is strong in power, such that nothing misses and nothing lacks. Let's go to verse 28. Then look what Isaiah says. He says, have you not known? Have you not heard? Everlasting God, Jehovah Olam, the Lord. Listen, then he begins to he begins to speak a revelation about a God that he knows. He says the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends and of the earth, does not faint or grows weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He says, Don't you know? Don't you know? God that I'm revealing is firstly a God that is strong. But he doesn't only say he's a God that is strong. He's revealing a revelation about God's strength. He says, do you not know that this God, the everlasting God, is good that he says everlasting, which means as long as he's there, there will not be any weakness in God. He says, do you not know that God does not faint or grow weary? Do you know what growing weary means? It means slightly tired. <laughs> it means slightly tired. To grow where it means it means you're getting tired. It means he doesn't faint. He can't give up and he can't get tired. That's why the Bible says his eyes are open to and from. Looking at the saints, his eyes, his ears are open, attentive to the prayer of the righteous. Says he doesn't get tired. There is no possibility where you will ever be tired. Even when the Bible talks about him resting, it's not because he was tired. The revelation of rest is from completion, not tiredness. You only rest when you're done, not when you're tired. That's, that's the revelation of rest. He only rested because he was done. So, ah, let me sit down, I'm done. So you've got to know God. And Isaiah is revealing to us this kind of God that we serve. He is strong and he doesn't get tired. Then look at what he does in verse 29. He's now exposing another kind of strength. He says he gives power to the faint and the weary. And to him who has no might. He increases strength, causing it to multiply and making it to abound. Wait. So he's shown you that God is strong. He's shown you that God is 
a God who doesn't get tired. Then he shows you the next thing. He gives power to the faint. In short, he sponsors strength. Imagine sourcing strength from a God who doesn't get tired. Then what kind of strength are you going to have? Ah, now you, you are understanding where I'm going. If you are going to get strength from a God who doesn't get tired, who he sponsors strength, that goes where? Ah. There's, a, there's a realm of strength I'm talking about today. He says he gives strength to the faint and to the weary. To give and, and to him who has no might, he increases his strength. The next scripture. Then it says, even youths shall faint and be worried, and young men shall feebly stumble and fall exhausted. Why is it talking about youths? Why is it talking about young men? Because they're the strongest in society. In short, it says, even the strongest natural man, even the strongest natural man will be worried. Even the strongest natural man will be exhausted. Even the strongest natural man will feebly stumble. Showing you a distinction between the strength of man, the strength of creation, and the strength of God. Different. Verse 31. It says, But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in Him, shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift their wings and mount up close to God as eagles. Mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. There's a place where you can quit saying my diet is diet. I'm telling you, there's a place there's a place when you walk in the realm of strength that is sponsored by God. The Bible says, they that wait upon him. Meaning, of course, God understands there's a certain level of strength that you have. But he's showing you, if you can wait upon him, you shall change and renew in strength and power. Meaning, the way your strength is, is happen something will just change about it they shall change and renew in strength then it says they shall lift up mount up wings as eagles but our own work I, we're trying to understand how to be strong in the Lord and so we really need to understand what this word means when it says those who wait what does it mean when it says those who wait upon the Lord because many people don't really understand what uh, to wait upon the Lord is some others think it's just to sit down and say, Murungu, Muzan Pesa, or you know, whatsoever, because you're waiting, because you're literally reading that scripture. But I thank God the Amplified is even giving us uh, 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 some clarity. It says, those who wait upon the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in. Now, the word wait comes from the Hebrew word kava. Someone say kava. Kava. I'm ready to learn. Yes. Now, this word does not only mean to expect. This word means to bind. Uh, this word means to bind. This word means to twist. Uh, and so the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord, they that bind themselves with God, 
they that twist themselves with God, what's going to happen? Their strength is going to change. Which means there are times where your strength is going to be weak. You are not going to say to yourself, let me go and sort things on my own. Let me be alone until things become better. No, 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 no. Because every time the Bible taught us about isolation or, cons- or, or consecration, isolation was always done with God, but not alone. People never isolated themselves to be alone, but they isolated themselves to be alone with God. And what happens when you are alone with God? You bind yourself with Him. Your strength is small, but you are still. It was a man so long, You are weak, but you are still looking after the, the Lord. You can't speak, but you are still looking after the Lord. And what really are you doing at that particular moment? You are binding yourself with Him. You are binding yourself. Come, Mr. Shea. I'll just submit some. Remove some. Give me one or two whatsoever. What do you call this? What do you call this? If you call this a braid, men, I want you to learn something. You call this a braid. Now, do you know how this looks so firm? Do you know how this comes into, into existence? What happens is that you get strands and you begin to twist them together. You begin to twist them together. You begin to twist them together and do different things. And at the end of the day, you have this. This looking good. And so even though I throw it this side, nothing is going to happen. Even though I throw it that side, nothing is going to happen. You can't break the bond here because there's a twisting that happens. There's a twisting that happens. In the same way, here you are in your hard circumstance where things are so tough and you lack strength. My friend, it's time to twist yourself to a God that has all the strength. Yeah? Where you twist, you twist, you twist, you twist. Suddenly the strength of God is imparted in you who has no strength. And guess what? You don't only have strength of God, you function in God's strength. You function in God's strength. And because you are twisted with God, you have the right to say, I am strong. That's why, that's why, that's why Paul says, when I'm weak, I am strong. Why was he saying that? He knew. He said, even though I'm it's tough, I am strong. Why am I strong here? There's a twisting that is taking place. There's a twisting that is taking place. And once you are twisted, you are bound with God, it just looks like one thing. You are able to tell the difference between Gomezio and God. You are able to tell the difference. You are able to tell the difference. And that's why when you look at somebody and then you see that this person has received bad news, you see that this person has received bad news and there are certain things that are happening in their life, you look at them, they are smiling. Why are you smiling? Why are you smiling? They are bound with God. They are bound with God. Do you know why David says, even though I hear bad news, I will not be shaken. Because he was able to say, God, you are my strength. Yeah. You are my refuge. In you, I trust. That's how to, that's how to, that, that's how to turn into the strength of God. You need to go to a God that you know. So what am I trying to say? When things are hard, go to God. Hey. God, make sure. You say, God, 
I'm not letting you go. I'm not letting you go. Even though I feel like I'm thirsty, God, I'm not letting you go. And that's why Satan wants to isolate you. Come. That's why Satan wants to isolate you from God. He wants to reduce you to a strand instead of a bread. He wants to reduce you to a strand because with a strand you can even get it. You play around with it, destroy it. He wants to reduce you to a strand because with a strand you will not have sufficient strength. You will not have sufficient strength, and so he wants to separate you. Stop going to church. Stop reading your Bible. Stop praying. It doesn't make sense. Not knowing. He is setting you up for weakness. But we know. It is We know that regardless of things being hard, remember even David said, he says, even if my heart may fail, what was he saying? He says, even though I even have heart disease or I'm about to die, even though, he says, God will remain the strength of my life. I will hold on to Him. I will hold on to Him no matter what. That's how to wait on the Lord. We can't put God aside in tough situations. Because if we put Him aside, we are declining and refusing sponsorship that requires us and empowers us to do all things. Know your God. Who is your God? The God who is powerful and strong. The God who fainteth not. And the God who gives strength to the world. The Bible says if you can wait on Him, if you can bind, be twisted with Him, Ah, and it says, your strength shall change. Then the next thing it says, you will mount up with wings as eagles. It should says you will mount up with wings like an eagle. But look at what's very funny. It says, they shall run. I was very shocked when I was reading it because if you told me to mount up wings and eagles, I expect to fly. Yeah. But it's saying you shall run. <laughs> let's, let's, let's break this scripture down. Why is it talking about mounting wings as eagles and then we shall run? Now I want you, I want you to understand something about an eagle. An eagle is a powerful creature that is very different from any other bird, so to say. Now, an eagle does something very important, or something very powerful. To mount out, of course, is to ascend. And so every time an eagle mounts up its wings. What it does is that it gets to take advantage of certain elements, 
certain winds, certain pressures in the air. And it uses those winds and pressures to do something that is known as soaring. So what happens is that when the winds are blowing, when uh, the winds are hitting hard, our eagle will stretch forth its wings. And guess what? It will begin to use the pressures to start soaring. Sorry. Starts roaring. What do you call it? Soaring. Yes. It begins to start soaring. Now, notice something very interesting. Most birds, if they want to go up high or if they want to move, they need to flap their wings. Flap their wings for them to fly and move high. But if a bird is exposed to so much wind and it begins to start flapping, 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 its strength is going to finish. And that's why many birds don't go as high as the eagle. Because the eagle knows how to do something that some birds don't know how to do. What does the eagle do? It takes advantage of the pressure. It takes advantage of the winds and uses those winds. Being on it, then it starts soaring. So it's like you're just you're on top of the car, it's just carrying and taking advantage. When the Bible says you will mount up on wings as eagles, it's trying to show you in the moment of where things have made you feel weak. Those same weak situations, take advantage of them, use them to sow in life. Use them to sow in life. But of course, for you, your area of progress is not necessarily in the sky. But here, that's why you have to run. <laughs> so for you, when we're talking about running, there will be hurdles around you. Things that might make you look weak. Things that might make you weak look like you are useless. But with those hurdles trying to block you, you jump over them. You jump over them. You run around them. And you do so. The Bible says, when you run, you will not be weary. Why do you think an eagle does it with ease? Why do you think an eagle soars with ease? It's because it's dependent on the pressure. So it's not even getting tired. When you understand truly when the Bible says all things work for your good, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God can rebound a rejection in such a way that it turns out for your good and that rejection that was made against you, my goodness, you even use it for your sake. I want you to understand that the strength that God provides will enable you to rise up. Why do you think we sing? I will soar with you. Uh, uh. 
And so what are we going to do about it? Are we going to be worried when hard times come? Are we going to be worried when things are hard? No, 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 no. We are going to wait upon the Lord. We're going to be strong. Mount up our wings as eagles. Run and not faint. And this is why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, chapter number 12, verse 9, sorry. Paul had been born in the flesh. Okay, just put it in the KJV. Paul had been born in the flesh. And he prayed that God would remove that body in the flesh. But look at what he was, the Lord told Paul. The Bible says, And he said to me, My grace for you, for my strength, I think there's a scripture I just missed. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. It says, For my strength is made perfect in weakness. In short, he was trying to show poor. He says, Even though you may reach to a place where physically or naturally you can be weak, there's a strength that you can tap into. So Paul, and God says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. This is Paul saying that. Then he says, look at what Paul says. You think as if a man is not normal. He says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. How does a man say I enjoy pleasure? I, I enjoy I enjoy facing hard times. He says I take pleasure in infirmities. I take pleasure in hard times and take pleasure in persecution. I like I like those things. I like it when a when when a battle comes my way. I enjoy it. I enjoy it when a tough situation comes my way. For Christ's sake. Why does it say that? Because it says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. In short, he learned to be strong in the Lord. He learned to be strong in the Lord. Saints of God, I want to speak to you today. Any weakness that you have faced in life, you have not been left stranded to experience strength. Any weakness that you are going through today, you've not been stranded, you've not been exempt. There's a strength that you can walk in. There's a strength. That's why sometimes if you hang around with me, you will notice something very strange about me. I struggle to worry. Like, I literally struggle. Like, Maybe you have to whip me and say, can you worry or something like that? I can struggle. Because I've learned how to walk in the strength of God. You know, walking in the strength of God is a, it's, it is to show you that we as believers can walk in different realms. Like a bird, I'll show you an example. 
a bird can come on the land, walk a bit, pick a few things, do whatsoever it wants, but when trouble comes on land, what does it do? It flies. It flies and reaches a place where nothing on land can intimidate it. Goes up high in the sky, soars there, and enjoys there. Why? Because that's its area of dominance. In the same way, I want to show you something. You have the ability to walk in the strength of land. That is on land. And you have the ability to walk in the strength of God. Remember, that's why you're seated in the heavenly places. Like an eagle, you be like a bird you can fly. Now, guess what? A bird or an eagle is not called a bird of the land. It's called a bird of the air. You have to understand why God does not necessarily call you an inhabitant of the land or a citizen of the land. It calls you a citizen of heaven. It means that's where your area is. And that's where you need to get your strength. That's where you need to get anything you need. You require strength. prayer today is that we get to learn how to really walk in the strength of God. I know the strength of man will sometimes be threatened. Remember David, they stole his wife. They stole his, his possessions and the Bible says he cried until he had no more tears. Meaning the man cried. But he went to the Lord and says, Lord, what shall I do? What shall I do? What did the Lord tell him? He says, rise up, pursue, overtake, recover. How were they able to pursue, catch up, overtake, and recover? Then they were walking in a different strength. If they had remained crying, meaning they were going to function still just on the land. But they needed to walk in a different area of strength. So you never you need strength. You need strength, saints of God. There are different things that are going to be happening. Look at what's happening in nations. Today, Look at, let me just even explain to you how 2020 was. Look at how 2020 was. Before even the, the, the virus hit us, we had issues of gassing. There was gassing going on. Some people were being killed. People were worried. Didn't know what to do. At that time, our best friend was a whistle. Things changed. You went to COVID-19. You threw away the wish, you put up the mask. 
and you're waiting, when will this end? When will this end? Cases reduce, and you say, oh, thank God, at least they've reduced. Now you're seeing children missing. And you might be, if you're a person, you say, what's really happening? What's really happening? Ah, there's a strength that's needed. I'm telling you, people going missing will also be a thing of the past. But there may be something again. What are you going to do? Will your strength be enough to keep pushing? I've seen so many people, including Christians, have a strong hate against 2020. We've said it's so bad. It is the end. We've seen young people dying. We've seen different things. Ah, but remember, God says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Their strength shall change. Daniel says, they that know their God shall be strong. But this is a season, a season in which we need to be strong. A season where we need to be strong in all areas. When we go to our education, Yes, they put your courses all together. Don't faint. Don't faint. Tap into the strength of God. I'm telling you, take advantage of this. Sometimes make prayers like this and say, Lord, I know you are a supernatural God. May I achieve rest that one achieves in eight hours by sleeping for two hours. Make those prayers. You'll be shocked. You'll be shocked. It will, it will happen. Why? Because you're tapping into the strength of God. Devon Samuel was asking and was saying, how is it that pastor was going to minister at a place and he would minister here? Most of the times when I do overnights, it's, 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 it's just that sometimes maybe I'm invited and I've got other speakers. Sometimes I would start 22 to 05. You guys know crossovers. 22 to 05, I'm standing, preaching, releasing, praying, doing all things. Sometimes I'll go for overnight and done by 05. 08 hours I'm in the office. 13 hours I look off. 1330 I start appointments to 17 hours. And you wonder what kind of strength is this man exerting? Right now, we are going through a 21 day of prayer and fasting. Your pastor is, your pastor is also fasting. And look at how he's speaking to you. They are no. Because I can tell that the flock are feeling it. Because when I say hallelujah, I'm receiving amen. And I'm understanding. But I'm here. I'm preaching to you that they that wait upon the Lord shall be strong. Now you're tapping into the strength of God. Oh, my God. 
mshiki ni ugoto what happened ah ah is a place there's a place where we can tap into god's strength and that natural circumstance that actually filled us it's okay but now we're tapping into god's strength and when we've got strength we can do all things through christ that strengthens us there's a place where when they will look at you they know that this person anytime you provoke her she would be very angry but now because you've learned to walk into the strength of god today they will call you names today they will say you are weak today they will say you are down today they will say different things you say, ah, it is well, it is well, it is well. I know my God. I know my God. I know that I am strong. I know that I am beautiful. I know that I will never be put to shame. Today they will call you. They will tell you bad news after bad news. It requires strength. So I even tell you people, even being a pastor is not easy. You require strength. You require strength. Because it's playing with your emotions. Today, you're celebrating someone's wedding. Tomorrow, you're conducting a funeral. Tomorrow, you're saying congratulations. Few hours later, someone texts you, he's broken up with me. This, so it's like your emotions are going here, 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 there, there. You need strength. But we are strong. We will not give up. Oh, thank you. Let's rise to our feet.